date night. It is date night. <laughs> We're back from Line of Duty land. Yeah, Sundays are not quite the same, are they? No. Um, I would say we get more sleep, but we really didn't last night. No. Last night was not a sleepy time. <laughs> not at all. But, you know, it's Monday and we're recording again. And we're going to watch a film. Yeah, we are. We're going to watch uh, the best film of the year. It's number one on my list of films I need to see mm-hmm. um, using a quite complex algorithm. Oh my God, please don't go into that Of all the, the films that I've not seen, this is <laughs> number one at the minute. Is that because it's just won so many awards? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's won everything. It's been on all the critics' top tens of the year and things like that. So yeah, it, it's appeared in number one. I think it's number 15 overall of all time. Wow. Of all time? Yeah, yeah. In This from all the charts? That's where it comes? From my algorithm, Oh, yes. from your algorithm. Sorry. From your sorry, algorithm. Yes, the only, the, only, the only measure that matters. Fine. My algorithm. We should say what it is, although it'll have come up in the blurb we put when we put the podcast out, but it's Nomadland. Yes, yeah. Can I say I'm not particularly looking forward to watching Nomadland? When we've come to record, I've kind of thought, oh yeah, we'll record a bit of the podcast, but not actually thought through the fact that we're now going to watch the film. There are so many other things that I would like to watch, including like the Great British Sewing Bee, you know, slightly lighter and fluffier things at the moment. I just don't know if I'm in the mood for it. Do you know much about this? Or? I just... Yeah. So, Francis McDormand, which yes. you have told me seconds before the podcast recorder came out because I couldn't remember her name. I know it's her. Three-time Best Actress winner, yeah. Francis McDormand. And Chloe Zhao, who is the second woman to win Best Director at the Oscars. She's also going to be, be a thing, the first but it woman is. to win a back-to-back director Oscar. Because she's she's director of the Eternals. Oh, the next one of the next MCU movies. Do you you think she's going to win? Not. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. I, thought, I genuinely thought you like seen the trailer for it and thought it was amazing. There's been about five seconds of footage released so far. I mean, it's got good people in it. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one to go from that to this. Mm. I think the MCU are definitely picking more interesting directors now. Um, but yeah, that um, so that's coming out later this year. I don't, I can't quite remember which which order everything's coming out in because no, it's there's difficult just, to keep up. There's going to be with the backlog. There's going to be MCU film every like five seconds. You can literally just leave a cinema and then the ne- go into the next one and start the next film. At some that's point. what you want to do, though. Isn't that's your 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 dream, isn't it? That is literally my dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I mean, I've booked off the day after my next COVID vaccine because uh, we are vaccinated. We are vaccinated. Now. Whoop whoop. And if I don't get any symptoms like I had this time mm. when we were meant to be recording this. <laughs> um, I will be going into the cinema to see the Suicide Squad coming out and going straight into Jungle Cruise. And we should say that your symptoms came and went fairly quickly. Oh, so absolutely. Don't yeah. worry anyone who's going to go for their vaccine so is thinking about it. It was just a day of feeling a bit under the weather and yeah. you feel fine now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, get it done. It was a really easy process. It was fantastic. Well done to the people of Newcastle who did a, a brilliant job. Yeah, going back to the film, I know it's going to be more of a, a thinky piece. I think, that's, again, something they put on the on the poster. I feel it's going to be mood. mood. Yeah, Yeah. and maybe that's why I'm just not in the mood mood for a mood piece. I kind of want big action adventure, not necessarily a reflection on 
life and modern modern ways which i think is where it's going that's what i know about it is that it's a woman who maybe loses her job or something like that but has a big change in her life and then becomes part of the nomadic lifestyle okay you know more than i do okay right i'll shut up spoilers shut up should should we just watch it yeah let's watch it how long is it it again it's it's under two hours isn't it yeah it's just under two hours so look we can fly through this. I mean, pe- people will be turning off in their droves. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. So okay. I will not prejudge this. Elaine already has. So in just the other side of some trailer speak, I will hopefully tell Elaine why she's wrong. one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am, I know. And they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. Welcome to Badlands Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's going to come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say, I'll I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart, I'll see you again. should like really whisper now <laughs> and just be really quiet and calm can i make a prediction yes i think you will have loved that film am i right oh, yeah i think it's i think it's it's a five star film for me are you about to say it's the best film i've ever no, seen no, no, in no. your typical way no i was weighing up whether i feel it was right to win the best picture last year. Okay. And I think there were some strong films that it was up against. Um, what are you thinking? Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, well, Judas and the Black Messiah was, yeah. Um, Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. I think as a piece of filmmaking, mm-hmm. I think that was the outstanding thing that I've seen from the last year. Mm-hmm. Whether it's my, it's certainly not my favourite film of the of the past year, Um but for me, it is a five-star achievement in filmmaking. What are your thoughts? <laughs> You're looking at me with trepidation. Well, 
okay, so it let, I don't think it's any secret, given the first part of the podcast, that you weren't exactly looking forward to this film. No, and it is exactly the film I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And about 10 minutes, 20 minutes in, I started thinking, this is beautifully shot, it's very touching, it's it's, it's going to touch on themes that I know will resonate in life or things that I know I'll have an opinion on but I don't know how I'm going to get through another hour and a bit of this given that there doesn't seem to be any plot that's what I was thinking at that time I thought this is just going to be a meditation yes and on a you know working day evening do I really need a meditation and am I Am I really ready for that? Yes. Given everything that I said before we, we watched it. Mm. That said, I think it's a slow burner. So the more we get to know the characters, in inverted commas, and some yeah. of them are characters, the more we get to know, the more we get to understand Francis McDormand's fern and what we perhaps think has happened at the beginning isn't quite what has happened. As, as we go through, we come to learn more about her personality and her character and what has happened to her in the past. I think I, it, I became much more aware of the fact that I was wanting to know what had occurred in these people's lives and also what was going to happen next. So when she meets someone and they're getting on really well and then they sort of go off down the road as they they use that term all the time we'll see you down the road i kind of wanted i found myself thinking i kind of i want to know what's happening have they died have they built their eco house have you know where have they gone and a lot of those people don't come back so you don't get to know what has happened Mm. so the more i watched it the more I appreciated and I think that I think I'm the same as you I'm respecting the film I'm not sure I would in fact I know I will never watch that film again it's not something I would sit down and and watch repeatedly but I respect it as a piece of art I think it is pure art that film I am to I'll allow you the fact that not argue because it's your opinion um thanks love it's this is a film that i would 100 percent have on in the background while i'm working because it's not something that's going to distract you and if you look up i think virtually every single shot of this certainly ones that are done outside and um, you know i can live without seeing inside an amazon facility <laughs> or a little diner but there are so many shots in this that are just stunning. They could be like the rotating wallpapers on windows or... Well, um... I was about to say, I think I would prefer it to be that, or I prefer to have a big poster of it, rather than have, have it running in the background. I think to have it running in the background while you're working is actually quite disrespectful of the film, because that's not how it was meant to be watched. And I don't think this is a film that you can have on... I think there's too much to it to... But... To have on in the background. I mean, I can have it on the background if I want. And having Yeah, but having I can still say it, that that's disrespectful. I don't to think the that's film disrespectful. And the, film, the filmmakers. I, I don't think that's disrespectful to having seen it and enjoyed it, to want to appreciate the the cinematography. and You the, can appreciate the cinematography without just sort of background watching it, though, surely. No, no, I, I don't understand why that's a problem. I, I do not I understand, don't understand why you're not getting what I'm saying. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why to, 
to watch something without having to give it my overall attention is disrespectful. I, I mean, I think... Not I think, any film. I'm just saying for this film in particular, be, the themes and because of what it's trying to say, what it is saying, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it would be something that I would background watch, I suppose, is what but, I'm saying. But it also spends a lot of time with Francis McDormand just going around places mm. and appreciating the beauty around her yeah. and things like that. Should we get into spoilers? Yes. I mean, yes. is it really something that you can spoil? I, I think it is. I, I, there were places it went to that I didn't think it would. There are character beats and information about characters that I didn't anticipate getting. So I, 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 th- I wouldn't have wanted to know any more than what I did go, going in, which is it, it's a film looking at the nomadic community. I knew there was some controversy around the depiction of Amazon as a very happy, wonderful place to go and work and everyone's jolly and you make your best friends there. I think there was some people who were... Right, shall we go into spoilers from now on? Yeah, yeah, well well done. So, (laughs) right, so spoilers from now on, I think before, but before we go, (laughs) yeah, spoilers, but before we go, uh, it's, I I don't think there's a film for everyone, but by No. no way. But no if you way. like a slow burn film, um, very much a mood piece, as we were expecting, yeah. I think this is a brilliant example. And I think there is people can get a lot out of it if you're in the right mood for this film at the time. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's so much to say. There's, there's so much to say in terms of, are we in spoilers now? Am I allowed to say things? Well, I was looking to you to, to give your, your opinion of whether people should watch it. But, um, clearly... Oh, is that what you were looking at before? Yes. Yeah, it won't be for everyone. Mm. It won't be for everyone. You'd you'd have to be in the right mood. Yeah. And I think you have to know what you're going into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spoilers from now on from here for the third time. <laughs> so let's let's start with Amazon because that's where the film starts. So this is a depiction of well, the film's obviously a depiction of the nomadic community, but this is Amazon taking seasonal workers from uh, for Christmas time by the look it, it it's certainly look like it, hinted yeah. obviously it's Amazon's peak time and New Year because she's wearing a New Year that yeah, yeah. She's going around singing New Year to people so yeah it is yeah and it is depicted as a really nice happy place this is my friend Fern and Fern seems to have I mean Fern's left her town that has now been essentially wiped off the face oh, of the planet yeah, you know ghost town. I mean it's it, there were some scenes that really reminded me of like Chernobyl um, mm. and other um, towns that have been abandoned but she's left that it, that's, that's a really weird bit at the beginning of the text where it said you know that it no longer has a zip code which found quite affecting because I'd never heard of that before yes so yeah that was just bizarre but she's left it and it sounds like she's worked at Amazon before because she does say to people oh I'm going back to work for Amazon so it does sound like she's done this type of work and this type of travel before yeah so um, obviously, some of the controversial verse is around working practices at Amazon. You know, we've all heard of people camping out out just outside their factories, drivers having to wee in bottles, and because they don't have time to make stops and comfort stops and take breaks and stuff like mm. that. It, I think I find it interesting that this isn't an Amazon produced piece. Mm-hmm. Although I do wonder just how much editorial control they had yeah. just to be allowed in. To be allowed in. I don't think they're going to let anyone go in and film and then, you know, have someone <laughs> criticise, you know, or, or explicitly criticise. Because I think you can still 
sense some some storytelling here in terms of here was a town and it's an overarching it's not just aimed at amazon but here was a town that she lived in she had a community her husband was there and then the industry collapsed and that community collapsed as well and now she is forced in inverted commas onto the road with these other people who don't have enough in terms of benefits who don't have worked all their life there's this specific scene that talks about you know i've worked all my life and i can't retire so mm. now i have to live in a van and i have to go and work in Am- at, at amazon so there'll always be that political point i think underneath there but yes it is depicted as you know the place where you go and do your jigsaw puzzle and you break mm. and you can um they have like a, a, a amazing i mean i shouldn't be amazed by this but you know things you don't know like they have a whole park for people with to go and park their vans. Yeah, it's a scheme so whereby they take in people who are part of the nomadic community. Mm-hmm. Um, Pont said this is based on a non-fiction book that was written by someone who I don't know enough about it. I assume it's someone who was either part of the community or someone who attached themselves to the community for the purpose of writing the book. Um, and I don't think it will surprise you if you didn't know already that... A, Virtually everyone we see on screen that is part of the community is actually a member of that community. Yeah, I had heard that before, but I didn't want to say anything because yeah. I was getting into spoiler territory before. I, think I quite like to come into these things without knowing anything, but it's I think it's quite obvious when you start watching it. And then I didn't want to go and start saying, well, these clearly aren't actors. So I was kind of had a quick peek through mm. the IMDb trivia during this just to make sure that I wasn't going to slander any um, union <laughs> actors for their acting ability. I don't think they, obviously, I don't think they did a bad job or anything no, like no, that. No, not but, at all. And certainly there's so much emotion in certain scenes. Mm. Um, but it, it really does tread the line between documentary and um, f- piece of fictional filmmaking. I'm nodding massively in agreement. It's- as soon as we got sort of 10, 15 minutes into it, I thought, I feel like I'm watching a documentary that yeah. Frances McDormand has been dropped into. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's not a criticism. No, 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 no. Um, I think it kind of goes away from that a bit later on, but I think that's probably intentional by Chloe Zhao, just to make sure you are aware that you are in this and set as a bit of world building to almost make this a documentary where she's meeting her friends and going around and talking to them. And... But it feels real. I, I don't know how she would have got away with the the way that you feel that you are in that van and the the way that you feel that you are within that community, the, the ruggedness of the faces. You can feel the leathery skin on like some of the old men's faces, the hands, the people who are playing at the piano or playing the guitar you, and singing songs. And you kind of feel like they, and they, they must be, but they're people who have sang those songs over and over again and maybe had a bit too much to drink. And the gravelly voice, it just tells so much of a, of a story. Mm. And even the places that she goes to, they just feel real. You can feel the rocks in the hand. I don't know. I mean, people make films about all sorts, don't they? And you, of course you come away feeling, feeling things. But I don't know if you would feel that level of authenticity without going and being in these communities and seeing these people. Because I just don't know how your typical actors in inverted commas would look and feel like these people. I, I totally agree. I mean, the, 
there is certainly plenty of true documentaries where Grant Mitchell, what's his name? <laughs> Ross Kemp. Ross Kemp goes and then puts himself into a community and things like that. Anyone from outside the UK, Ross Kemp was a soap actor, mainly known as a soap actor, um, whose name was Grant Mitchell. His mum ran the pub. Peggy I'm glad Mitchell. it wasn't Grant Mitchell going around <laughs> yeah. And then he, he turned his hand into document documentaries where he's like, because he looks, he's rock hard, isn't he? So he goes, he goes, is he? he is, he is. Um, so he goes into like really difficult places. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Bit yeah. of EastEnders trivia for you. Where were you? Where was I? <laughs> I haven't got a clue. It's something about <laughs> Grant Mitchell. Something about documentary making. Yeah. So yeah, when you see her walking around the the state park with uh, these people who are clearly part of this community, it feels very authentic. It doesn't feel like Louis Theroux going and interviewing someone. She feels mm. like she is actually making. It feels like they are actually friends and mm. they are actually sharing sharing authentic experience. I noticed that Francis McDormand. Um, spent a lot of nights in the camper van at the start oh, of filming. Right. She eventually decided against it because she said Look, it was far too... It's better for me to act tired than actually be okay, tired. Be tired. Mm. She is in every single scene of this. So, uh, yeah, I was just thinking yeah. that towards the end, yeah. Uh, fair play to yeah. her <laughs> on that point. Um, and she looks cold. She looks cold at tired. points. I mean, she will be cold at yeah. points. It's... And it's, it's... I mean... McDormand's not really known for well, not known for her vanity at all. Not really known is completely wrong to say, but not known for her vanity at all. And this is a film that requires her to, you know, have the runs and us see that, you know, yes. on the screen. And to the point, you know, and again, you kind of think, oh no, she's in that van and she's, you know, having diarrhea into a bucket. And you can, I personally was like. I know that's gonna like smell in the van, and yeah. she's opening the window. It just feels so real. You you feel for her. I felt for her. I was like, oh no, that's gonna stink the van out for days. And then and... you have someone knocking on the door while yeah. you while it's happening. Yeah, I'm I'm indisposed, which is obviously it's the language as well. It's which really interesting is the language. Mm. It that feels real. It feels it, she wouldn't shout, "I'm on the toilet." There's clearly a yeah. I think a language or a code. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that they've created between yes. themselves. Mm. How big do you think alligators were? <laughs> God, there was oh. a point where Fern and her friends go to uh, Fern and David, who's the other professional actor that's yes. part of this. Who? Where, tell me who, who he is. His name is David Strathern because I saw that come up in the credits, but yes. I wouldn't have ever got there. What do I know him from? So you know him from? I'm guessing. Uh, let's have a look. Because as soon as he popped up, I thought, "Oh, I like I know him." He kind of stood out compared to the other people. You can tell that he is not a member of no. Uh, so he's in Good Night and Good Luck. He's in Lincoln. He's in twenty fourteen Godzilla as an admiral. Oh, okay. Maybe I know him from there. He's in LA Confidential. <laughs> Um, I would have remembered him from Oh, then. he's the Admiral in King of Monsters. Maybe that's it, because we only saw that a few weeks back. No, no, the King of Monsters we saw quite a while ago. Oh, no, King of Monsters is the one... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh. Anyway. Yeah. I'll know him from stuff. You'll know him from... He, he's in Maybe a lot of things. Maybe the Godzilla things is where I've... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, name a TV show over the past. Is right. he born films, by the looks of Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of how I sort of see him in a sort of like more professionally CIA type 
admiral thing, which is what you're saying. So, yeah. Yeah. Alligator. Yeah, alligator, thank you. Yeah, so when that came on screen, yes. you seemed shocked at how big an alligator was. I could not believe how big that thing was. And you no, know, she's acting scared. I was terrified. And then they were saying what they were throwing to her, which made me very sad. How big did you think an alligator was? Uh, like the size of a dog? I mean, no. No, I knew it was large, a large water animal. But the alligator that was on screen looked like it was from Lake Placid. That's like a normal size for an alligator. That is, I mean, that that is a killing machine. When I went to Florida, we drove past that. <gasps> like oh, no. a couple of years back. No, it's too big. <laughs> it's just <laughs> not right. Anyway, I'm terrified. I'm not going in the water. One thing that I think I'm interested to know if you think this film does. Do you think this film romanticises the nomad lifestyle? Because in my mind, mm. I... I'm really quite attracted to the nomad, the idea of the nomad lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I would never want to do it myself because I would be cold and I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. The same reason we don't go camping and we... we yeah, we definitely, we don't even go glamping. No, we book a know. hotel. Yeah, we too right, we do. But I love this idea. I think it's the same way that like I like to just go to a city and like maybe when I'm going to a football match and like that, I like to go to a city and just find a place to go get a sandwich and stuff like that. And if my train isn't for a couple of hours, then I'm quite happy just to sort of walk around and just see like the charms of a new town or city. Like, Oh, there's a billboard there. That's clearly part of the, part of the culture and stuff like that. I don't know where I picked a billboard from, but yeah, no, no. You, you get the idea. I get you. There's something about this that I really, really um, like warm to. And obviously these are people who've been forced into this situation, so let's not romanticise it too much. But how uh, how do you feel? To, uh... I think it's really balanced. So there are scenes in the film where she returns to what would be deemed to be a, in inverted commas, normal lifestyle. Yes. And you really feel the sort of restricted nature. I'm thinking about when she goes back to her sister... Sister's house, Dolly, I think her name is. And the people are really boring and we are bored by them. The house is beautiful, but it's it's really dull. You know, it's got no character, even though we would look at the house and go, oh my God, that's an amazing house. And the room, you know, she's sitting in the room thinking, you can just see her going, I can't stay in this room and I can't talk to these people who are selling properties to people where it's too much and they're going to be stuck in debt for the rest of their lives until they die and then mm. the property will have to be sold so they can go into you know all of those things that is actually capitalism you know you can see the film going ah the the freedom of the open road the freedom to do who you like the people that you meet are all wonderful people you know there's there are maybe a couple of scenes where you kind of fear for her but only a sort of a, someone's knocking at the door and going, oh, you can't stay here. There's never any sort of threat of violence or anything like that. Which, I mean, I don't know this community, but mm. I would have expected to see something of that as part yeah. of it. And I'm interested by the source to see exactly how, if that is part of the source, mm. uh, the source book. But you can't say that it completely romanticises a nomadic lifestyle when you've got scenes like ants being in your um your van when you've got scenes like we said about you know being on on the toilet yeah and um, when you've got people who are and near the end of their life not having access to medical 
you know, or, or not being able to access uh, proper medical care, and also being very alone. And yes. yes, you can choose to be alone, and that's you know great. You can you can make choices. Lots of us do. You love going to the cinema by yourself. You know, all of us make choices to be alone in our lives. Yeah. But there there are times where she is stood in the middle of nowhere with you, where you can't see anything for miles around and everyone else has gone off and done their thing and there is a feeling of loss and there is a feeling of grief so i think it's balanced um, i didn't get that from the from the scenes where she's alone oh did you not no. when everyone's driving off and they're all saying bye fern bye fern and she's just stood there just left alone in her her van that doesn't seem to be quite as good as, as the you know the others that have are saying you know you don't look after your van and it's it's quite I, decrepit. No, I think she gets like a calmness from that. I found that very good. Uh, I mean, it might just be the fact that we've been together for eighteen months as part true. of lockdown and etc. etc. Et See yeah. previous episodes. You just want to get in your van. Not not so much that, but I think yeah, the idea of just spending like a couple of weeks alone. Mm. I know that, and I know that you've done this. Like gone, you went used to go to London for yes, example yeah, by yeah, yourself and yeah. just go. See See, see a show and yeah, stuff like absolutely. that. I, I mean, that's something that I, I love doing and mm. traveling by myself and stuff like that. And it's something that we can't really do anymore. We can't, no. It's not really acceptable for me no. to go. Um, yeah, so good luck with uh, good luck with the sun. I'm just going to nip to <laughs> yeah. London for the weekend. I'm going yeah, to see Missy Kinky Boots. <laughs> I can understand you wanting to do that at times, <laughs> um, and I I would too. For but... about an hour when he wakes <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the, and that's the interesting thing about Fern and her lifestyle and the life, the the lives of the other people that she meets is that they there are opportunities for them. Oh yeah. To go to family members or to live a different life, but they are choosing to, even though the, there are un- underlying, I suppose reasons for them to be on the road but they they do have some other options there yeah and obviously she, um fern makes a decision when david is with his family mm. and he asks her to stay he's obviously shows a lot of fondness for her and she makes a decision beautifully framed shot of her smoking next to the van and the fence between her and the house and the house looks so big and imposing and, yeah and then you know she's going to be in the van. Mm. And then is that is that a preference? Is that a bit of um, Stockholm syndrome? Yeah. Is it, it trauma? Yeah. Is is it part of the? It, is it part of the fact that, like like people in prison who are scared of leaving and scared of taking life on the outside mm. and stuff like that. Or is that? it part of her character? Because her sister was saying you were always eccentric, you were always different and you mm. left home so early and then you went to live in the middle of nowhere and you won't come back. And and also there are scenes around the campfire where there is people saying, for example, that a former army vet who's suffering from PTSD and he's triggered by loud bangs and noises and so he's happy just to be living out in the wilderness mm. where he doesn't have to deal with those noises and doesn't get triggered and it's peaceful as obviously for that for him this is like an ideal lifestyle you would you would hope although who can say just who can say how he is living his life and everything like that i find it really a really sympathetic way of dealing with it with all these people really want to like spend some time with them um like 
it doesn't deal with the anyone who might be in the community who might be a troublemaker, which, yeah. I'm, again, like I said, I'm surprised at. I, I quite like that we, we didn't go there. I would have hated to see a scene where she felt, you know, threatened physically. Mm. Um, I think it's enough to show that she is freezing cold. Yeah. There are creatures in her van. Her van breaks down and she's not able to get anywhere. She's ill and she doesn't seem to get any medical care. Um, you know, her friends around her are dying and mm. she she doesn't see them. Um I think it's enough to show us that without then adding in what I think would, you know, would be, I, I can't think of the, the way of describing it, but I think it might have been a little bit gratuitous. To a throw gratuitous in, peril scene. Yeah, to sort yeah. of give us some... A couple of jump say, scares. Peril, when actually that's underlying all the time. You're always thinking, where's she going to be tonight? How's it, how it going to be? And there are lots of jump cuts as well. So she can be in a beautiful place. And then the next cut, she's in the dark doing things with potatoes. So at no point, at no point during the film did I it occur to me of where is she, where is she going to be tonight? Oh, really? And I think this might be the difference between me and you. And yeah, you yeah. And, like I quite like the idea of just booking the flight and going somewhere and finding mm. some accommodation when we're there. Mm. That would be your idea of hell, I imagine. Well, not necessarily. I have done it before, but it's more the the physical the fear the safety aspect as a woman I think. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's the difference i think i think it's a gender thing um when she's standing in the middle of nowhere after having like a wee right at the beginning of the of the film all i could think was get in the van get in the van you don't know who's going to drive up soon you need to be able to get away rather than you know standing and oh look at the beautiful sunrise or look at the vista i'm thinking when are you going to be in the safety of the van? And that's a woman, you know. That's that. That's very interesting. Mm. Let's use this as a segue <laughs> onto because obviously this is a female filmmaker, yeah. uh, Chloe Zhao. This is the first film of hers that I've seen. Yeah, she had a breakthrough with the Rider a few years ago. Oh, I've not heard of that. Uh, it was a big indie hit. It was sort of in contention. Did you see it? No, I've never seen it. Um, it was in contention for all the indie awards, um, but it's not for a film that I've come across. I mean, stunning work, stunning cinematography. And I saw she wrote, directed, and edited it as well. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously going to make a, a star out of her. Well, you would hope. You would hope so. I would. Yeah. You would hope so. But interesting, she like you said, she's going to do the Eternals next. I don't what a know. Different film. I don't know how this translates. And that's not to say that just because you make an art house or um, indie film I would put this in an in- indie category yeah um, an art house film doesn't mean that you can then you can't go on and make a blockbuster there are plenty of men who have done that in the past <laughs> and not necessarily very well yeah you know you, you've got to be able to go and do whatever you want to do that's absolutely fine but it, it does seem to be quite a, a shift yeah as I said in the in the preamble to this we've seen literally about 10 seconds of Eternals but, I haven't seen anything. But okay, so it's part of the Marvel sizzle reel that was released, I think, just last week. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's and yeah, this was the first release of it. But this is the film with it's got Angelina Jolie in it. Oh, okay. It's I mean, they're another band of superhero something or you know mutant thing. I don't know whether they're mutants I wonder or whether magical. After doing or... something like Nomadland, you want to go and and just 
get your action on. Do you well, know what I mean? it's that thing, one for me, one for them, isn't yeah. it? And, you know, like, you do the indie film just to please your soul, but then you mm. do the big blockbuster just mm-hmm. to please your bank balance and to give you safety to be able to, financial safety to be able to do whatever you do want whatever for the rest want. of your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's Angelina Jolie, Gemma Chan's in it, uh, Selma Hayek. Interestingly, Richard Madden and Kit Harrington. Oh, that's an interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian Tyree Henry. Do you know who that is? I do. Why? What? We've seen him in something recently. Yeah, he's in, it's Paperboy. Uh, it's the Conspiracy oh, Theorist is, podcaster in, um, Godzilla. from Godzilla. Very Godzilla Henry. It's very Godzilla heavy, this podcast, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Kumil Nanjani, is oh, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, good. Great cast. And Barry Cogan from Dunkirk. The boy Dunkirk. on the boat with... the He's the boy on the boat with... Um, with Flop. <laughs> What's his name? Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance. That's for uh, anyone who watches uh, Bing. <laughs> Barry Cogan. Oh! Yes, I do know him. I yes. do know him. I'm yeah. showing a picture. Yeah, you are. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just suddenly remembered. <laughs> I have I have seen a picture. But yeah, um, I mean, at least I'm confident that this will look amazing for an MCU film. And you know, if she mm. can name the, it, if it's something different for the MCU, I think that's what these films need as yeah. well. So fingers crossed. We'll see. Really what, forward see to that. What, what it's like. You were talking about the score. Oh yeah, well, sorry. Yeah. When the name came up, you said, oh, "I knew it." Yeah, it, there were parts of the film that really reminded me of the score from, and this is going to be some weird to you because I don't think you've seen this, but the TV show "This Is England," and I'm not sure if it was in the film as well. Um, but it's the same composer, so when it put, I thought, "Oh, that really feels." I cannot say is it. I would just not do it justice. But it's Ludovico, and I think it's. N-U-R-D, but I'm not saying that right. Okay, I'm just... And he, he did um, This Is England. Um, so I've very, seen This Is England. Yeah, um, very piano-based. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And I think, I'm sure I've been to one of our friend's houses where they've had his, sort of like, his album on in the background. It's used a lot for, like, almost like classical relaxation, it's it's very haunting and mainly because I remember it being used in some really powerful scenes in This Is England, so I can't really listen to it very much because it's it's really quite depressing. But I'm dying really to know which rem- friends this is whose house it <laughs> yeah. is. But tell me off air. Yeah, he also did the score to uh, the French film Untouchable, which I'm sure you've never seen. Nope. No. It's it was remade a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. It it yeah doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay. Oh, he did a, a remake of Dr. Zhivago by the looks of it as well. Oh, right, okay. With yeah. Kieran Knightley? Yeah. Um, my only feeling with this was sometimes I felt that the score was doing a little bit of heavy lifting and telling me what to think. And I did wonder whether some of those shots of her driving across like the Badlands and yes. other very remote places, I kind of, at one point I thought, just imagine there being no score here would I be feeling the way I'm feeling and I'm not convinced I would. So I notice a score, which I virtually mm. never do. Um, a lot of violins. And I think I think at certain points it's impossible to not notice a score because the score carries on whilst there is music over the top of it, which I think invites you to kind of... choice, isn't it? Yeah, I, without complementing each other so they yeah, clash. Yeah, they're clashing. And, 
I didn't quite understand what they were trying to tell me at the time. Because um, it seems to me like, obviously, they're, they're trying to send you a message by that. But yeah, one film that it reminds me of, which if I can just do a little recommendation on the side of it, it's a documentary, but it deals with a different type of culture that's kind of hidden from society. It's a film called Dark Days. Um, it was released in the early 2000s. Um, it's a very, very indie film. It was just someone who I don't believe was a proper filmmaker who found there was a community living in the disused tunnels of the New York subway system. Um, and so I went, took a camera down to film them and just got to know these people and ended up sort of like Francis McDormand, living with them, but literally in this case. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. It's such a beautiful film and the scores all by well the the music that goes behind it is all done by DJ Shadow. Oh, okay. Um there's some I've watched the DVD and watched all the extras so if anyone if anyone has ever seen it or watches it and enjoys it get in touch because I will tell you all the stuff that I found <laughs> out from the DVD extras and how he got DJ Shadow to do this and uh yeah it's such such a good film. So please check that out. It's Dark Days. Um, yeah, like I said, it's on Amazon Prime in the UK now. I think I'll be thinking about this film quite a lot. I, like I say, I won't go back to it, but I will be thinking about the people and I'll be thinking about this whole idea of end of life. That's really what stayed with me. I thought the politics of you know shutting down industry and people being forced to live in vans would really be the thing that I've been thinking about the most. But actually, I'm really thinking about when you get to the end of your life, you know, who are you going to spend it with? And what what do you take with you? There's a lot of... Uh, there were a lot of moments to do with possessions and things breaking and things passing on to the next generation. There's one point where Swanky says, oh, my grandmother made that for me you know you take care of that when someone takes it off a pile off the floor and yeah. really touched me that I thought you know sometimes you've just got to like let things go they're just possessions and you've just got to let things go and really really thought about that throughout the film and I think those are the things that are going to stay with me is this how you're going to persuade me to get rid of my clutter I knew you were going to make a joke. I was making a really like important it's, point like for myself. It's only because I can say nothing as profound <laughs> as that about this film, as much as I love it. Uh, yeah. If I... But also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just possession, Mark. That's a beautiful way to end it anyway. Yeah. But yes. Um, yeah, so highest recommendation from me. I think yeah it is a recommendation for me it is a recommendation you seem to have warmed to it as we've been talking yes, about it as well and I warmed to it as we went through the film as well as, mm. the, as the film progressed my warmth towards it also progressed because you did say before oh we might have to split this over two nights I did yeah um, and so when I kind of Realised we were going past the hour, and I was like, oh, "She must be enjoying it." Yeah. Well, and I thought it was interesting. We didn't speak at all throughout no. it. It was. Yeah. I mean, this is just to finish. This is a film that you should absolutely see at the cinema. Oh yeah. I really felt it was such a shame that we were watching it in our living room yes. with you know mid renovations in the background <laughs> <laughs> and, and on you know not the largest of screens. This should be you know shone on the largest screen with the most beautiful sound and you should be in complete darkness. I mean, we didn't turn the light on and I did it on purpose just mm. so we, we were in complete darkness and that's how this is meant to be seen. It is not meant to be seen on the little telly in our living room. Well, we can deal with that in a week. 
Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Simbolton yeah. said this is getting a theatrical run in the UK. And so it should. I don't know how many of the big cinemas will be picking it up because they don't tend to pick up things that are already shown on VOD for obvious mm. reasons. It's a business but with decision. This being but the Oscar winner, you would think that they would. Um, well, I know that I think Cineworld said that they might pick it up. Odeon have in it's noticeably absent from their coming soon's, but okay. we've only just had confirmation from mm. our fearless leader. Mm. that cinemas will reopen next week so we haven't got full programs out yet as far as i can tell but yeah and this is on disney plus yeah it's on disney plus but if you have a local cinema that that's showing it please go and visit Mm. that certainly if you've got an indie cinema showing this please please visit them because they really need your money and it's a perfect way to to take yourself back in there so long as you feel safe to do so i love the fact that we're recommending people to do that when hopefully by now they will have seen the film on their telly it's almost like we've done a spoiler free review where actually we've just told everyone about the whole film and then we've gone oh but you really need to see this at the cinema <laughs> maybe my mum will listen to this yeah true, true then my mum won't even be able to find an indie cinema so uh that's a bit of an, uh, a, a diss on your mum prove me wrong mum prove me wrong <laughs> right then shall we uh shall we head off to bed upstairs and not in the van yes yeah yeah with 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 heating (laughs) and double glazing yes (laughs) well thanks a lot for listening if you'd like to follow us on twitter and instagram we are at the honeymoon pod and if you'd like to leave us a review on apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can leave us a review that would be brilliant thanks so much we'll see you next time see you next time